Welcome to the Adopted Brothers Podcast, where you can hear stories and conversations that can impact your life. On this week's episode of the Adopted Brothers Podcast, we have Adam and Alyssa, and we're so happy to have you guys here. And if you could just tell us what your favorite comfort food is. Uh, I think mine is probably a whole row of Oreos in one sitting with a big old cup of milk. I have no shame about that. I, <laughs> just chomp them down, man. I don't see anything wrong with that either. Me either. <laughs> uh, I do have some shame in my comfort food, and it is poached eggs from IHOP. I still don't see anything wrong with that either. I don't okay, thank you. <laughs> I like poached I eggs. I thought there's something about their eggs. I mean, their pancakes are great too, but they, they know what they're doing with the poached eggs. Yeah. That's yeah, why right. they are the way they are. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we would like to hear your guys' story on your guys' life and how you got to where you are with children and how that came to be yeah 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 so when Alyssa and i were i think probably first dating she had voiced a strong desire to adopt i think that she even phrased it as kind of a deal breaker for like for her spouse right so she had she had voiced that life passion and i was like i like this girl so i'm just gonna say whatever i whatever i need to to to, to marry a red I, I it wasn't me trying to manipulate the situation it was just like yeah like we'll adopt like well, sure didn't seem like a big deal and then yeah a couple years into our marriage we we'd never like actively prevented pregnancy or or even tried for that matter we were kind of ready to have kids and it just wasn't happening and it's funny we went to uh uh like an adoption meeting through project 127 project 127 and heard their whole presentation and everything and we we're like oh like this is this is a great way to like to jump into like domestic adoption and like we were super pumped leaving that well she was okay she was <laughs> i was super pumped at the meeting yeah. i was ready to sign a check yeah. and let's go and adam was not as yeah, yeah, yeah. pumped yeah. and so I I felt like, man, did you not listen to the same thing I just listened to? Like this is this is you know what we're supposed to be doing. Where I want to adopt. You said, yes, you want to adopt. This is a great way to do this. Let's go. I, I'm thinking we're gonna adopt. You know, we'll do the foster to adopt program. I'm thinking an older child, and I just I, I was so devastated that he did not feel the same at that meeting, and actually a fight ensued yeah i mean i think we were going into that more of like hey we're information gathering not committing to adopting <laughs> at this yeah. moment yeah one was, was for information <laughs> gathering one yeah. was ready to walk yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's funny about that is i think it was a week or two later Alyssa took a pregnancy test and she was pregnant with our first kid wow. and it's like all right well if if God's talking to us, like this is it, like okay, so let's let's put this whole adoption thing on hold for at least nine months, and then and then we'll revisit it. And so yeah, we had our first kid in 2014. We were married. We got married in 2011. Had our first kid in 2014, and then he was like a year and a half ish, 
maybe a little bit older. No, no he was he about was a year. Not even a year. He was barely a year old. And we went to another Project 127 meeting, the same one. Because I said, we had the kid. <laughs> now is my time. Yeah, yeah. We're going to adopt. And so I went into that thinking, all right, we're gathering information again. No, and we were there to <laughs> sign the check. And then... Three weeks after that meeting, we found out she was pregnant again. Not to mention wow. like, another fight ensued <laughs> when we were leaving the meeting because I'm thinking, okay, we we have a baby. Now we can adopt. Now God wants us to adopt. Yeah. yeah. And so so she's pregnant again. She's wrong again. Okay. Um, that was in 2016. We had our daughter. From there, you know, we we actually were like actively trying to get on the same page with adoption, right? We were really happy with having two bio kids who just so happened to be the same age as um, our niece and nephew. So it was just kind of like picture perfect. And it's okay. Now I think that we can really step into this adoption thing and be intentional with our actions, right? I, I think I saw a, a shift with Adam at that point. And it was, you know, something I think I was just so blinded by my desire and what I felt was our calling that I didn't see it before. Of He wanted to do it. It just wasn't in that timing. And, mm-hmm. and so there was, there was definitely like a definitive shift of where he, he felt really ready at that point. Yeah, that was, for sure. That was how we were going to grow our family next. Yeah. And honestly, like even through the project 127 meetings, one of one of the hangups for me was knowing Alyssa's heart for the forgotten, for the marginalized, yeah. and and knowing how the American foster to adopt programs and just the the whole foster care system works and how kids can bounce around. And I, I think that the heart for reunification with bio families is really, really great. And I think that that should absolutely be the number one priority. But unfortunately, a lot of people are in situations where where they can't take care of themselves, let alone their child. And so knowing Alyssa's heart for for the the kids um, and knowing that the likelihood of kids coming in and out of our home and what that would do as far as just like tearing her heart apart. I just I felt like that wasn't the the right option for us. Like we kind of needed to like commit and be in it and know for sure like hey this kid is going to be ours without a doubt 100 percent, and that and just foster adopt like just didn't check the boxes for that and i felt a little bit cold for for having that mentality but i also just was looking out for the health of of her and our family too so that was kind of what moved our trajectory to uh international adoption well and when we decided okay we're not going to do foster to adopt and we're going to do adoption. We didn't actually know domestic international. We had no idea. And so we just started interviewing with a ton of different agencies and just exploring the options out there. And then eventually we're kind of like, okay, yeah, I think international adoption is where we want to go. We had no idea what country or anywhere and then once we interviewed with our agency, our agency, they focused on China and South Korea. And it was just, it, it was totally a God thing because it just felt so right. Once we left there, it's both of us knew right away, you know, we're, we're going to adopt from South Korea. Mm-hmm. 
and we knew nothing about the country. I think that a lot of adoptions that we know of or international adoptions are from African countries or Haiti. Yeah. 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 And so we, I think I just kind of envisioned, okay, once we decided international, we were going to go that route. And so God continued to surprise. Mm -hmm. And so when it was South Korea, that was, that was not even on my radar at all. Right. But so once we picked our agency and signed on with them, some of the requirements of the program were things that we didn't even realize or different different countries have different requirements. For South Korea, one of the things that stood out to us that was interesting was your BMI has to be a certain mm-hmm. number or lower. That's interesting. Um, right? Yeah. So so some of them it's like some of them make sense where it's like some countries it's like, hey, if it's a single parent, it can only be a female or um, you have to be married for so long or other kids you have have to be a certain age. But yes, the the thing I remember most about South Korea is I was like, can we do this? <laughs> what is our BMI? I don't know. But another reason that we were kind of led to South Korea and their program specifically was that they had a really strong relationship with the country. And since their focus was two specific countries, it, it felt really secure Whereas we had heard horror stories of, you know, people being in the midst of an adoption and the country just closes its borders to it and says, sorry, no more. And so um, it it felt secure. And then another piece that, I mean, we've probably like kind of alluded to, and this is, I'm not a patient person. (laughs) And so (laughs) South Korea, but the timeline was a faster option than say China and they said it could take about 18 to 24 months to complete the adoption, which, you know, felt like a lifetime to me. It still did. It still does. Yeah. But it was it's fast in terms of international adoption. Yeah. And and from the start to us bringing our youngest home was like right at 18 months. So they were right on the money with that. And praise God, it was like we we brought him home in June of 2019. And then we all know what happened at the end of 2019. Yep, we do. So, like God's timing, just written all over this. Is like it's it was amazing that like we got in and got out before COVID hit. Yeah, because that would have thrown a wrench into everything. Yeah, not to jump too far forward on that, but yeah. So the the whole adoption process, a lot of it is very similar to like even applying to for like being a foster home. Like you got to do home studies and I think you still have to do probably psych evaluations, things like that. So a lot of it was still like pretty similar. But to Alyssa's point, the the different countries that you adopt from do have different requirements. Yeah. So, So, I mean, I don't know what I thought going into it, but knowing we had to get psych evals, (laughs) there's something about knowing you have to get that that makes you think, like, I'm going to fail this. Like, like, yeah, right. I, I, I must be like, so there's something not right. They're going to find something, you know? And so, <laughs> you know, I psyched myself out for that, but it oh, ended yeah. up it ended up being fine. Yeah. We, we passed. Yeah. I was just waiting for like, oh, awesome. We were pursuing adoption and I found out that I'm a psychopath. This is yeah. <laughs> Psyche vows are not fun. I've done multiple psyche vows for the job I do. I'm in law enforcement, so I've had to take psyche vows for each department I've gone to. And yeah, you do kind of get that um, 
am I going to pass this? Am I going to say the wrong thing? <laughs> and I can see how that would be for you guys trying to adopt too, going, man, did I say the right things? Did I not? Because yeah. they ask you the same question multiple times, just in different ways mm-hmm. to see if they can trip you up. Yes. Yeah. The, the ink blot test was, oh, was interesting. Yeah. The Rorschach. Like I was just like, I was tempted to just say it's a dead squirrel on every single one. And just... <laughs> well, and for that one, you know, she was writing down word for word what we said, mm-hmm. and then she'd read it back. And so I said something like, oh, I think it looks like a clown. Like, that's kind of creepy. And I'm like, why, why does that creep me out? And like, you know, and she's reading this back. And, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I do sound really weird. This is weird. <laughs> But psych psych evals we passed. I remember, you know, stressing about so many things. Like we we have two kids, and they're they were, I would say they were thriving. They were doing just fine, you know. But you get a social worker in your home, and it's like, oh my gosh, they're gonna like we don't have outlet covers on, you know, or something like. Yeah. What are they gonna? They're yeah. gonna point out, you know. And the very first time our social worker came over, our oldest, he was so stoked about new underwear and just proceeded to pull his pants down and show her his new underwear. And I'm thinking, this is the end. Like, they're going to be like, they have no control over these kids. But that's but, what little boys do. Yeah, right. right? It's real life. Yes. So we passed that. During this time, it took, I want to say, uh, six months for us to get matched Mm-hmm. with a child and the minute i remember the minute i got the email at work i just call adam and i'm sobbing and i said they sent us a picture of our baby you know and and we had heard you know people can review the file and and they can also like if something doesn't feel right they can say no which which feels icky to me but like i have to respect that about people yeah. so i was so worried that yeah adam was gonna be like like no no i'm not feeling this yeah. like you are once again no and, and yeah just to kind of jump back before we were matched going back to like the icky feeling like like they had a survey of are you looking for a boy or a girl what level of special needs are you willing to take on and and yeah you you don't feel good about that because it's like you you feel like you're disqualifying some kids by checking these boxes and so like anybody who's going through that and feeling that i I just want to commend those people and say, hey, like what you're doing is an amazing thing. And regard like regardless of, of what kid you help, that's the end goal is that you help a kid and you want to make sure that you are able to provide for that kid. And if you take on something that you are not capable of taking on, then it's it's not good for the kid and it's not good for you. And and I think that a lot of people just probably try to bite the bullet and put on that martyr hat as best they can when they don't necessarily have to. And while it may not feel good to check those boxes, it's it's pivotal for the success of of both your family and and the kid that you're bringing into it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You have to do what's best for you and your family and that child. And like you said, if you take it on too much, then it, you're not helping anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, I think like that, that brought up complicated feelings because it's just like, 
it, it feels weird to make a selection when it you're talking about like a child, your child, and it, I don't know, for me, like, it was, it was, you know, I think innately you have certain desires. I mean, I, I think I certainly felt that pregnant, you know, of like, oh, you know, it'd be great if our first child was a boy because I have a nephew who was just born and that'd be really special and fun. And it, it doesn't feel as gross as filling out a form and saying, no, I only want to look at girls this age and they can have this or that or no they can't have that like it just that it's like these are humans and it it doesn't feel good and so i think that that part of the process was hard too because like adam said it's like i wanted to be like no preference we'll take whatever like whatever god wants us to have and you know but then we we have two other kids at home too and we have to to think about you know the safety and what's right for them too. And so that was, yeah, that was the part that I just didn't anticipate because it's, it's like, I know we were, we were meant to adopt. Uh And so it it shouldn't feel, it shouldn't feel bad. (laughs) But (laughs) but God knows your heart and your desire and he wants what's best for you. He already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh Yeah. It's yeah, I just wish he would tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But it's not like it's a surprise to him. It's just a surprise to all of us. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, I don't like surprises. <laughs> I'm not a big fan either. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, obviously all of this came at a, at a monetary cost, right? So I don't remember exactly. Like, I think that there were stages throughout the adoption where we needed to kind of have, like, bulks or or a a certain amount of the money and and hand that over to the agent yeah. uh, the agency that we're working with domestically here and that was obviously its own stressor right trying to come up with thousands of dollars and a lot of it was uh fundraised a lot of it was donated from friends and family so there there's a book out there it's called i think it's like how to afford adoption or like you can afford adoption too or something um because you're talking yes thousands of dollars but like like minimum i think most international adoptions probably are like minimum 30,000 30 to 40 yeah and yeah so we we were like how the heck, how the heck are you going to do that we're we're not rich yeah. we we are not rich at all and so <laughs> How, how are we going to afford this? Yeah. And, and so we leaned a lot on on family and friends. And one thing that we did was just the biggest garage sale you've ever seen in your entire life. It was basically crazy. like those that those that could donate money to us did those that couldn't. It's like, hey, donate things that you would want to sell at a garage sale. And we're just gonna like hold the most massive garage sale. Literally took up our entire yard and then our both of our neighbors' yards. And that was another cool thing is like the neighbors in our neighborhood, like we're all coming together and just like they knew our mission, they knew what we were pursuing. They helped us set everything out. And we live in a little bit older of a neighborhood as far as like the people that live here. So they're they're all like retired age or close to. Yeah. And so they're just like, we're here for you. They look at our kids like their grandkids kind of thing. It's it's really sweet and really, That's really awesome. awesome. 
So what we found when we decided, hey, we want to adopt, hey, we can't afford this. We had a friend who she's a videographer, so she helped us make a video and we kind of just put a call out of like, this is what we want to do. Prayer, number one. But then we also were like... Money number two. We need money. (laughs) Um, And so, but we found it was like, people really wanted to help. And yeah, so for the people who like, were like, I can't give money, but I have this stuff. Come pick it up and sell. And so we did, we did a big like call out to just on Facebook. Hey, if anyone has stuff they're looking to get rid of, we'll come and get it. I was searching like Craigslist and stuff for free things that were decent. So Adam was just picking up things left and right. We also found some people just wanted to get rid of stuff that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, not not great stuff. But, you know, we were happy to, you know, take that to Goodwill for them. And, I mean, so so through that, I think we made probably around, like, $3,000. Yeah. If, if I were somebody listening to this right now, it's like a garage sale, really? Like, you want me to hold a garage sale to try and get up to $40,000? And it's like, I get that. And that's not the only thing that you're going to have to do for sure. If you do do a garage sale, like one thing that I would recommend is like put a big old poster at the front of your garage sale saying, hey, this is what we're doing. Like this is an adoption fund garage sale. We had people that didn't buy anything and just like dropped five bucks or dropped 20 bucks into a jar. And it's, you know, people are very generous and and so we made we made money without even selling some of the stuff. Yeah. And, and it prevents people from haggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, this is for a cause. Maybe I shouldn't try to knock them down. Yeah. The poker and pigtails. The poker and pigtails. So that was our second event. Yep. So we had Alyssa's cousin and one of our really good friends who were both hairstylists. They were at the house that we were hosting this at. So it, w- it wasn't really segregated men and women. Like there were women that were playing poker and then there were there were no men that got haircuts. But basically it's like, you know, you come if you're a girl and don't really want to play poker, but want your hair done, get your hair done, donate some money. If you want to play poker, you know, put put in your buy in. And so poker and pigtails was really good. I think that we made like close to twelve or fifteen hundred dollars yeah. on that. And something with that too is we reached out to local restaurants and one restaurant was like, Hey, yeah, we'll give you chips and salsa and queso for free. And so I think asking people for money can feel uncomfortable and weird. I mean, it certainly was initially to that, but we had a lot of people advocating for us. So like our brother-in-law, he was the one that was reaching out to the restaurants. So it didn't feel like, Hey, give us free things. You know, he's saying, Hey, I have this family who's, who's looking to do this. Can you donate? And we were like, what about prizes for the poker? Because the intention is any money that people are putting in, we are going to put towards the fund. And luckily we had um, some donations for like Amazon gift cards and and things like that, that were the prizes. Um, But that was, yeah, that was really fun. And just like, kind of random you know it was like hang out get a haircut you know have your hair done whatever play poker Uh have some chips and salsa and it was fun and you know it just through these things like adam and i just got to spend a lot of time with people and tell them our story explain the heart behind things and and yet people just were really excited for us and and it really felt like okay this is this is not just our journey 
people were so stoked. And especially at that point, we had been matched with our son and, you know, we couldn't put any pictures online or anything, but we were able to show people in person. And it, I think that that personalized it even more. Mm-hmm. But so through those two events, well, and since we started the whole adoption fundraising, I was using a site called Adopt Together, which just kind of is a central location that houses your funds. So if people donate through that, they can get their tax uh, deductions on there. And and so it was just kind of a central location. It's kind of like and, GoFundMe for adoption. Oh, okay. And so through that, Adopt Together contacted us and said, you know, hey, we're noticing like these like large chunks of money. What are you doing to get this? And so we started telling them about our fundraising and they they asked us, hey, do you want to do a podcast and and talk about this? Because that's one of the, I think, a big hang up for people when they adopt is who has just like $40,000 laying around mm-hmm. and people are very intimidated by that. And they were saying, you know, these are unique ways to fundraise. Do you want to talk about it? And so we were on the path to do that and adopt together said, hey, actually we partner with PureFlix, which I don't know if y'all are familiar yeah. with Pure. We really weren't. We just were like, is this the Christian Netflix? Like, what is this? Um, but they put us in touch with PureFlix and um, our final event, well, we didn't know it was going to be our final event, but our third event to fundraise was a sip and paint. Adam's brother owns an art gallery and he does sip and paints at his art gallery. And so he was going to do this at my sister's house, just in the backyard. And so I'm talking to PureFlix via email and they say, hey, we would love to come to this event and just film it and talk to people about how they they want to help fundraise. And so they came to the event and we this whole time through our adoption, we had this big poster board of like a thermometer with, you know, we color in how much money we had raised and we sit down to be interviewed by PureFlix and we're talking about the just the process very much like yeah. what we're doing right now yeah. and the girl interviewing us said after tonight um pure Flix wants to fund whatever is remaining and like i'm still like years later it's still like i hate the youtube video of it because i make this like noise of like <gasps> you know kind of because <laughs> it's just like so raw but it, it I mean, I had no idea that that was like PureFlix mission and it, and it just, we just saw God's hand through so much of this. They gave us so much money. Um, and it was just really amazing because we had so much, like so many friends and family there to see God working in this. And, and so it just was like a huge celebration and, you know, there's so many stresses that come with it, this process. And that just alleviated like a huge chunk of it. And it was just, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, man, had we known, had we looked at Pure Flakes, like they do this to people, (laughs) they they like, you know, and, and so I'm happy to say we are subscribers of Pure Flakes now. Yeah, we are. Man. Not out of obligation. No, but like to, (laughs) to continue that mission is just like, and to be a part of that and to know that that's what they do is just. Yeah. So cool. Amazing. It's amazing yeah. to hear how God has moved through all this. Yeah. And that you guys are just amazing people to me for going through this adoption process. Yes. 
because I I know it's not easy. And just to hear your guys' heartfelt testimony about this whole thing is just amazing. It makes it 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 makes me I know you can't see it, but it, it was making me cry when you were telling it. Yeah, it's thank you. It's it's been very cool. And and we saw God work even more through it. We hope you're enjoying hearing Adam and Alyssa's story. Join us next week for part two. Thank you for listening to Adopted Brothers Podcast. If you like this episode, please rate, like, and share. Thanks. Thank you.